0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 16, the Pau Gasol episode of Sitting <laughs> Courtside. My name is Dante. It's your boy Jerry D, man. And we are back with more NBA basketball content. We have some updates on the in-season tournament, some new storylines going around throughout the week, some trending topics, some some players to talk about, some teams to talk about. Um, very excited to get into it. Jerry, uh, how are you doing today? How are you ready to talk some ball?
1: Oh yeah, you know, always down, man. Especially, you know, I've been been waiting for this moment since we started this thing, man. The Pal Gasol episode, yes, the real. Finally,
0: peak. finally, baby, come on. Yeah, this is this is peak sitting courtside right here. The Pal Gasol <laughs> episode for sure.
1: How about no, you guys? Everything smooth sailing? We good? You ready?
0: Everything smooth. Everything's ready to go. Uh, you know, we're gonna talk some. The first topic we'll get into. uh, we're going to talk about the Indiana Pacers and how they uh, defeated my Boston Celtics to make it to the semifinals or the quarterfinals, excuse me, of the no semifinals. I'm getting mixed up. Semifinals of the NBA in season tournament. Uh, the Indiana Pacers. Uh, let's let's just talk about the guy at the top of the helm here for the Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton. He has been on absolute terror just i was gonna say like the last like x amount of games but he's been on a tear this season he has really been turning heads like obviously people knew who he was before and stuff people have heard about tyrese halliburton but now people are really starting to know who tyrese halliburton is and it's funny i actually saw this tweet before last night's game against the celtics was his only his second televised game ever which i think is app which is i mean in Indiana, I guess that makes sense. But it's kind of crazy to think about. Um, and Tyrese Halliburton. On
1: TNT at that.
0: Yeah, right. And just looking, I'm looking over his stats right here, right? So last night, uh, he had a triple-double against the Celtics. 26, 13, and 10. His, his first last six, triple-double. First ever triple-double. <laughs> and just, I mean, the best time to do it, right? The best time to have a triple-double. Yeah, triple-double last night. Then he fought before that. He had 44, 10, and 2. 33, 9, and 2. Twenty-six and 10, 33 and sixteen, and thirty-seven and sixteen. This guy is putting up insane. What's the nickname you have for him, Jerry? Divine die. Divine die. <laughs> he is backing that up, Jerry. Um, what? What? Just talk about Tyrese Halliburton. And just tell me what you've seen from him. Um, what you've? Um, is this something you've expected? Is this something that's shocking you? Just Just talk to me about Tyrese.
1: Uh, I just want to go, go on the record saying that I know that everybody said that's been an even trade, probably one of the most even trades ever with him and Sabonis being swapped out for one another. But I don't, I really don't like, it makes sense. Like Sabonis right. is no scrub. Like it's all star caliber mm-hmm. player as well. But like, damn it. This dude is, is the head so of the You know, like he, so he is the franchise player when Sabonis is a franchise cornerstone. For all a right. really important piece on a good team, but Tyrese Halliburton is the piece on a good mm-hmm. team. So it's just being a featured option, being able to make any decision that he wants, being given the keys by a veteran coach and Rick Carlisle, who all of us already had a lot of question marks about why the hell did they extend him in the offseason?
0: <laughs> I didn't even know he was coaching the Pacers <laughs> at yeah. the beginning of the year.
1: <laughs> exactly. Like it's, I would be confused. Because they had a, a rough season. Yes, they had flashes where they looked good and the offense looked okay, but I don't think anybody really predicted this kind of leap, this kind of jump. But I don't think we should be surprised by it. I mean, I I think he should have been a higher pick in the 2020 draft. Probably should have been a top five guy if you know you do, you do it all over. So yep. Overall, I'm just I'm just happy to see that you know another another guard is emerging because this is a very guard heavy league. In order to be a good team. You have to have a featured guard in pretty much any right. system, which is what put the Nuggets over the top last year with Jamal Murray finally being healthy. Obviously, we know Steph Curry's been a huge piece in. Hell, across the mm-hmm. West, you got John Morant coming back whenever he does. SGA, like true. it's it's a thick thick position. Like just with how many guards you have to have to shadow Kyle Lowry.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, but it's like it it is it is crazy because like there's so much talent at that guard position, right? In the NBA and Tyrese Halliburton is starting to, he's starting to include himself in those conversations and stuff like that, which is very hard to do. Like, because there is so much talent and it's hard to kind of put yourself in that echelon, that upper echelon of guards. And it seems like Tyrese Halliburton is putting him, uh, he is putting himself in that conversation, putting himself in these talks of like some of the best guards in the league this year. He is averaging 26.9 points, 11.9 assists on 67% true shooting percentage. See? That's insane. Like, that That's really fucking good. That's really and fucking like, good.
1: To kind of even add to that, there's only two guys right now that are averaging 20 and 10. And he's one of them along with Trey Young. So Trey Young okay. has done it a couple times already. But
0: mm-hmm. now
1: we have another guy in Tyrese Halliburton that's going to be right there, probably competing for an assist title every single season. Mm-hmm.
0: And the other thing too, and we talk about this like with guards and players and like how this benefits them. He's six foot five. Yes, he's a big guard. It's not like he's just like this, like a Trey Young type of build, right? Like, no, this guy is. He can hold his own on all all sides of the court. Like he is. The Pacers got a good one. Let's put it that okay. way. Like I get, like you're right. Like that trade at the time. Well, at the time, people are very like. Uh, controversial. Pissed about it. It was very controversial. Then, after a little bit, it was like, oh, like Pacers got their guy, Kings got their guy, Kings were the third seed, made it to the playoffs for the first time in X amount of years, whatever. But now, you know, even though Sabonis still is good. still great, he is, like, he's all star caliber player, like you said, and the Kings are, you know, still looking great and they're benefiting from that trade, absolutely. But it's kind of like you trade, like you said, you traded away a-, a guy that you could build a team around for a guy that is just a, a, a part of a good team, right? Yeah. And that's that's fine. But, like, you did trade away a guy that you could have built around. And he, he is a guy, too. When he got traded, he was like, I wanted to help this city win. I wanted to bring them to the playoffs. Like, he's a guy that you would have wanted to build around. Um, but, obviously, that didn't work out. He's in Indiana. He has that fire lit under him now, which I also think is a, you know, maybe a motivating factor into why he's Absolutely. playing this way. Uh, has that chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. But um moving on from Halliburton really quick and sticking on to the team that he's on the Pacers who are currently sitting at 11 and eight, uh, six seed in the Eastern conference. Um, do you think they're going to sustain, do you think that they're going to be a playoff team, like no playing? or do you think they're going to kind of float around a little bit, maybe dip in the rankings and uh, the power, power uh, conference seating or go up? Where do you think the Pacers are going to finish?
1: You know, that's, that's the tricky part. I mean, I like, I think we all know who the top two teams, even though they beat the Celtics in the end season tournament. Right. Like, right. we're not we're not going to pick them in a seven game series against like a Boston or even a Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So with those two teams solidified at the top, I think there is a perch for like who's going to be that next guy in. Like, yeah, maybe you say Philadelphia, but I still feel like they're figuring out some of the kinks with their squad. Cleveland is still a question mark in my mind. New York is still yeah, figuring it out. Mm-hmm. But they could definitely slide themselves in to that three to six position, but I they could be a Kings.
0: It. They could be like the Kings of last year in a yeah. way.
1: And that, that's, part, that's actually kind of scary to me though, because my main issue with the Kings last year in the playoffs, and we saw it in that seven game series with the Warriors, they can't stop anybody. They could yeah. score with they, the best of them. They had the their best details. offensive efficiency rating ever. I think the Pacers – on the same exact track where hell I looked it up a little bit ago they had eight guys that scored in double figures.
0: Yeah. I but think that, they had going I think going into the game they were second in offensive rating and like 29th in defensive rating. Yeah. It it couldn't have been more opposite of each other.
1: Exactly, and that that's that's pretty much my closing point. I don't know. I feel like they'll be a playing team. Yeah. Because they can't stop a soul on defense, but in their defense, this is an offensive centric league. Can you score with us? Can you keep up? Because what we saw against Boston was a track race. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum had 30 apiece, I believe. But, again, the Pacers are a collective scoring unit, so they just kind of out them. Aaron Neesmith got involved. Tyrese Hallman got involved. Buddy no, Heel.
0: Aaron Neesmith, revenge game. Listen, Kevin Durant said it. Uh, offense wins championships. I'm not so. talking
1: about that shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it is it – is- fun it is cool seeing a team like the Pacers you know having this hot start to the year having you know uh, excitement in Indiana with Tyrese Halliburton and stuff it's been fun to watch them and you know I do I think they'll end up being a play-in team they have a good batch of guys like Halliburton, Heald, um, Nismith, Obi Toppin, Miles Turner like they have a collective of guys I know I didn't name everyone Um, but they're good enough to to be um, competitive I think I think in a seven-game series, I do think that they're a team that could win a few games. I don't think they could win a series, depending on who they play. Um, me and my buddy were actually talking about this yesterday during the Celtics game, and he said um we were talking about the Pacers and if they were gonna be good or whatever. He says he he says they actually remind him a lot of the Grizzlies, where you can't take them serious because like last night you were watching the game and they would just have like just seeing how the Pacers would react when they would have like you know, just like a, a crazy dunk or a, a high scoring play or a, a three or something like that. Like the, they would just go absolutely crazy and stuff like that. Well, you saw like on the other side, like boss, when they hit a big shot, they're more composed and stuff. It kind of like, I understood where he was coming from because this Pacers team is kind of young in a way. Um, They have younger players there. So maybe it's like, you know, they need to get that experience. They need to be uh, quote unquote humbled, you know, make it to the playoffs, taste that. You know, feeling of getting there, defeat, all that stuff, and that'll kind of put them in a more mature light, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see how the rest of the season is going to go for them because I think they got something. I just don't know if it's enough to really make that much noise.
1: Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't know if I'm really crazy about the about the Grizzlies comparison. I mean,
0: yeah, I, I was definitely like, I I understood where he was coming from, but I was like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if it's the same.
1: Nah, I mean, like, you know, it's a young team. I wouldn't really count just because you're getting hype after every single play that happens. I really wouldn't, like, use that as a measuring stick to be like, oh, they're they're not ready to win. No, you just like having a good time. Like, the Lakers, when things happen for L.A., like, everybody goes crazy. LeBron hits a 360 layup. He's 40. So it's like, wow, that's amazing. AD has a monster dunk in traffic. You know, like, that's dope. Jason Tatum. Like, I've seen him have several, like, hotline plays, a big-time mid-range shot to kind of cut uh-huh. that lead to three or whatever it was. And everybody on the bench has reacted. Like, right. I wouldn't really I think
0: too much time. I think the other thing, too, is, like, uh, obviously with the in-season tournament, the, the, there's a cash prize of $500,000, I believe, or you know, whatever it base. is. Yep. And on the Pacers, like, a handful of guys on the roster, like, barely make like just make like a like minimum contracts or whatever so to these guys they, those guys that were going crazy were probably the ones that don't make that much money like oh we're getting closer and closer to that 500k you know what i mean so i was like they're probably just you know also yeah. in season tournaments just different vibe and stuff so you know what but. Sh- shout out to adam
1: silver man like you mm-hmm. as, as a former athlete and you could probably you know relate to this as well when there are stakes involved when there's something to win at the end for me Used to be a medal at the end of the tournament, or you know, a better record, or some type of reward. You get the best out of me. So, mm-hmm. imagine doing it for pro athletes who are who are basketball players who've been playing, and they uh, the team like the Pacers, they're probably not going to be there at the end of the at the end of the tunnel in the regular season, right? Like, right, exactly. Talking about them competing for a Larry O'Brien Trophy, that's probably not going to happen. So, I'm going to treat this looks like it's my NBA Finals. Because guess what? This is what's <laughs> happening right now. And hell, like I know we have a good shot to win this because it's single elimination. There is no right. way you get to go go prep and prepare for like what we're gonna do this series and blah blah blah. No, we get one game. Like it's mm-hmm. football style kind of playoffs. So I can appreciate that. Totally.
0: Yeah, no, I, like we've talked about. I think the in season tournament was a great addition. I do think that there are some tweaks that should and will be made in the future. But you know, for what it is now, I think the NBA they nailed it. And just before we move on from this, I I was looking up tweets about Tyrese Halliburton. I was looking for the stat line that, like, for the in-season tournament, what was he, what he was averaging. But it was similar to what his normal season stat line is. Um, but to open the season, Tyrese Halliburton was plus 10,000 to win MVP. And now he is plus 2,200. So he has made a big jump, big jump in the MVP race. So we'll see how that plays out, too. I bet. I can imagine he's got to be top ten MVP candidate at this point. I can't imagine he's not in there. Um, it'll be it'll be fun to see how he um, kind of moves around that list throughout the year. Um, but all right, let's move on to the next. Uh, continuing on the in season tournament, not only did the Pacers win last night, but the New Orleans Pelicans uh, defeated the who they defeat. They defeated the Sacramento Kings to make it to the semifinals of the in-season tournament. I think the next games that we have, I know Lakers and Suns are playing. So we have Lakers and Suns and then Knicks and Bucks tonight to fill out the rest of the semifinals. Mm -hmm. Um, Jerry, you had the uh, Pacers winning the in-season tournament. So, so far, you're looking good. I had the Kings, so I am not looking good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm out. It's, uh, I mean, you know, like the the
1: Pacers and, and Kings game, it was like nip and tuck most of it. I mean, hell, the Kings got off to like I think a 14 to 4 start or whatever it was. So things look good, but the Pelicans, man, they've just been rolling. Brandon Ingram getting in a nice cruise. Zion just it was a rough game for him last night. I'm starting yeah. to see like teams just figure out how to guard him, just build that wall. And like, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. seal them off from making a play in the paint and make him force it out to whatever type of shooter. And they closed out. So I think Zion's too easy to guard because he's not quite in basketball shape yet. Sure. Even though he's had like several 25 and five, five assists, five rebound games. But
0: I still don't think we're seeing the best version of Zion quite yet. I mean, he even said a few weeks ago, it was like a week or so ago, he was talking about how he was just trying to fit in and like find his role on this team and stuff. I mean, I'm looking at the stat line from last night. He only had eight shots. He had the least shots out of all the starters. Um You know, I think obviously the Pelicans won, so, you know, they did what they had to do to to defeat the Kings. But, you know, Zion definitely has to um, figure out how to adjust and fit into this team. You know, when you're out for so long with injuries, you kind of miss out on the opportunity to gain this chemistry with your teammates to kind of, you know, find your your solidified role within a team. Um, And he hasn't been able to really do that yet. Um, So as the season goes on, do you think that that's something that they'll figure out? Do you think it's something that's going to be kind of like he's just always kind of going to be struggling? You know, maybe he sits out with more injuries, whatever it may be from. Um, Do you think this is something that they'll figure out or is this going to be a problem moving forward?
1: No, I think this is definitely something they'll figure out. I mean, like, you know, we talked about this on this pod before about them being a one seed last year and how good they were and how like a much of a dark horse contender they could have been because of Zion. So, I mean, the potential is there. We know that the team fits because they didn't make any major trades or pieces were added to the team. It's still, you know, B.I., C.J. McCollum, Trey Murphy's a really good player, Jonas Valanciunas, like, Herb Jones. They have a good group of guys. They do. They do. And they could really get to this next level. But he's going to be the key for them to actually compete for something real at, towards the end of the season. So, I think they figure it out. I mean, he's a really good player. I think Willie Green might have to get a little more creative with him on offense, maybe not making him that primary ball handler, bringing it up the court and just trying to crash into the defense all the time. I think we probably need to mix up some schemes there and see what we can do with Zion, moving him around the court, maybe getting his small off all ball screens for backdoor cuts, whatever it is, just stuff to get him rolling. Maybe we work on a mid range. Jay, I think, I think they're going to be fine. And he's going to be fine. It's just, it's going to take some time. I, I still don't think he's in basketball shape yet. He still looks looks a little.
0: Yeah, he. You definitely can tell that he lost some weight. You know, got in a better shape for sure. I mean, I don't know if it could have been worse. Um, but yeah, definitely something that they need to just keep, kind of keep track and just kind of as the season flows on. I mean, we're only twenty two games in, so we're still very early. About a quarter of the way through. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think that they will figure it out as well. I mean, the fact they're twelve and ten right now, with you know still figuring things out, um, Ingram's getting the flow of things. He had thirty last night. Herb Jones, he's been playing very well. Uh, Trey Murphy also had a good game last night. So they're you know they're competing. They're still playing well, considering that you know there's still things I have to figure out. But I agree. I think that this is a team that they're good enough to to be able to figure it out. You know teammates players will sacrifice certain roles whatever to make it work because i think at the end like they were the one seed last year if they do you know play as a team and they figure out like who has what role they can be special so we'll, we'll see how that progresses um and we'll see what happens with the rest of the in season tonight um i think vegas they go to vegas on thursday so yeah. so we will get our uh, final matchups that um, but all right, let's move on from the in-season tournament. We talked about that for, for a little bit to start the show. Let's talk about some, something funny, something juicy, something interesting that happened a few days ago. So Mr. LeBron James and, uh, Rockets head coach, Ime Doka, got into a little, uh, I don't want to say altercation, but they exchanged some words on the sideline. Verbal spit. Exactly. Took the words right out of my mouth. Um, where it ended up with Ime Odoka getting ejected for it. Uh, no one really knew what the conversation was about or anything like that. And then uh, the next day, of course, there was a leak of what was actually said the transcribed all that stuff. And apparently Ime Odoka was throwing the uh, was throwing the B word around, as all these analysts have been saying on TV the last day or two. Um, and LeBron took offense to it. And Ime is like, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to do something? And the ref came in teed him up, threw him out. And that was that. So, I mean, do you think, I, I don't think that that's something that should lead to an ejection. I mean, it's just two guys, two grown adults talking or whatever. Like, I don't think from what it seemed like from what I read, it didn't seem like email was like calling LeBron that word. It seemed like he was just like telling him to stop like bitching or something like that. Um, do you think Ime Odoka should have gotten ejected for this? Do you think this is something that just kind of got overblown or whatever, or do you think that it was justified? It was definitely overblown. I mean, yeah, I
1: personally like watching the game live and just seeing it happen. Looking at like the the assistant coaches' reactions on the Rocket sideline, where everybody's mouth even some,
0: some right. of the players, even yeah. some of the players came over and was like, "What the fuck is going on?"
1: Like no matter no matter what Imai might have said or calling LeBron the B word or if he just used it in a tense of like, you know, quit bitching. I mean, sure. Like, yeah, whatever. Tee him up. You know, I I mean, like that's – it's not like a coach and a player are really going to scrap like that, I wouldn't think. And every memory that I
0: have of a culture, <laughs> Ildoka looks like a guy that would wanna that is looking for a fight. I don't know. He seems like that guy that would start swinging. I understand. mean, maybe.
1: All I know is <laughs> it just, just kind of set Ime up for failure because yeah, I feel like a lot of these coaches that are around his age, like even hell, even Darvin Ham, they played against LeBron. And when you do something to LeBron, you know your highlight tape gets put out of you, basically getting torn I was. By
0: I was gonna say on Instagram, like later that day, later that night, the next day, it was pictures of LeBron playing against Ime Odoka. and I'm like, oh, I get why Ime was talking. She's probably pissed of all the times so LeBron probably ran him over when he was defending him.
1: You know, it's 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 PTSD maybe, and <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like I I personally I don't I don't even really care. I, I thought it was funny, especially when yeah. it being talked about on mainstream media, like even on First Take, with Shannon saying, "Oh, Ime Udoka oh. doing all that yeah. he's talking about, man." I... This, Michelle Obama said, "Man, they take the low road. road. <laughs> I am taking the low road. I am going to the basement, and I am like, wow, you know, like that's it's hilarious. This is literally yeah. just a little ruse that, you know, we had some fun yeah, in the middle, in the middle of the tur of the of the season. It's it's cool, I guess. I don't care.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just like I was watching the replay of it on on Twitter when the clip went out, and I am watching it. I am just like, what happened? I was like expecting like there would be like." At like a legit altercation, I'm like, oh, there was not nothing happened. I'm like, what? That's kind of weird that he got ejected for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it was just like, just one of those things where it's like an NBA ref just kind of got a little excited and just kind of <laughs> yeah. <did that. laughs> yeah, he was like, oh, you said, oh, you said it, you said it. Oh, he's like right in the corner, like waiting for him to say it or something. Um, and yeah, it, and it's just a—it's a funny. It was a funny talking point, a funny topic for these shows. And we never really talked about it, but I just want to say Stephen A. Smith and Sharon Shark together—great TV, great TV, <laughs> phenomenal TV, phenomenal. I mean, that's, that's what we expected I, out of those two gentlemen, man. I just don't even, like, I have it, like, on in the background sometimes. I'm not even, like, actually watching it. I'm just listening to it, and I don't even need to watch it. Like, I hear, like, Shannon Sharp freaking out, like, into his high-pitched voice. And, like, I can imagine, like, what he looks like and, like, the his expressions. and stuff. It's, it's great. Those two are perfect for each other. Hey, hey,
1: best Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp is probably, like, the best, like, one-liner kind of, you know, <laughs> windows, lingos, or whatever it is, because – if they go low, I'm going to the basement is one of a kind, and I'm not going to say anything like too provocative. But that quarter to three thing, if you if you know, you know kind of situation. <laughs> uh, there's there's a lot that Shannon Sharp says that man he could
0: just write a book of like how to. Oh yeah, oh yeah, but, <laughs> oh yeah, Shannon anyway. Sharp's a national treasure, right? That's, that's just a, that's just a known fact. But anyways, just in let's general, take...
1: with with this the whole eBay Udoka thing, mm-hmm. I think all of that just just lies on the ref like. How serious do you find this situation? It's in my mind, it's two competitors just, you know, going at it. Maybe LeBron did feel some type of way. Maybe the ref took the player's side, took LeBron's side in this instance. Right. We're like, right. I need to protect the player from any more verbal abuse, so
0: let's get him out of here. I don't know.
1: How old is
0: he? Oh no, he may it. forty six. Okay. I was like, I was wondering what the age differential was between him and LeBron, but yeah, no, that just the ref got a little excited. He just decided to got got whistle happy, and then that's all that was. So it just it just turned into one of the highlights. When the season ends, that'll be one of the highlights people will remember when Ime Odoka and LeBron went back and forth.
1: Everybody was so, saying LeBron was talking shit about Neil Long. How?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, and then I was seeing all these things about Neil Long and stuff like that, and I was just like, yeah, this just turned into a big meme at this point. Yeah. That's all it turned into. Second to LA, though we're going talking with the other team in LA, though Jerry. Oh my God, your favorite team, your favorite team, the LA Clippers, the LA Clippers, and things still really aren't sorting themselves out there. Uh, And I feel like this is going to be something that we're going to have to keep talking about and keep revisiting. This the Clippers, excuse me, are six and eight since traded. Since trading, excuse me, for James Harden, they're nine and ten on the season. Um, and PJ Tucker, who just got traded there with James Harden, as well, had this quote um, where he said, "There's not enough basketballs on the planet for this team." And PJ Tucker also, we were looking at—I was looking at his sat line from the last like ten games or so. A lot of did not plays, a lot of donuts, a whole lot of nothing coming from PJ Tucker. So, Jerry. Uh, did did the Clippers fuck up? I'm just gonna I'm just honestly, did they fuck up? Because I'm like I've been I've said this when they made the trade. I was like, I don't think they need a made I don't think they they needed to make that trade. I, I said the last few weeks, I don't know if like the Sixers look like they got more out of it than the Clippers. And I'm sitting here now, Jerry, and like I the only thing I can think of is that the Clippers really may have fucked up. They really may have.
1: Oh no, big time. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it's probably I feel like they're in a situation where we have to wait and see because you know they're hanging around in the middle of the pack, but they're low key falling towards the bottom. Like after each game, and then we look at everybody's stat line. Well, PG had thirty this game, but James Harden had six right. points. So it's
0: always like, oh, this guy did this, but this guy did this. Yes. Yeah, it's
1: like it's. I mean, you know, PJ's right. As I'm gonna take his word for it because I mean, hell, he's a player. Not only is he a player, but he's in the locker room. And not only is he in the locker room, he's on the court sometimes. (laughs) Or at least on the bench. Seeing all this stuff unfold, and he's never been a part of a situation like this. Hell, a lot of people probably haven't been in – the only four all-star team I could think of with legit guys that were like featured options or were just the main guy on their teams was like the Lakers in 2004 with Karl Malone, Gary Payton, Kobe, and Shaq where it was yeah. like you had two old heads that were, yeah, we did this. We did this before. Like, no, they don't have championships or didn't have championships for GP's case, but they still were. Carl Malone was a go-to option for 20 years, <laughs> and Gary Payton was the head of the snake for good Seattle teams and then an important piece for a Miami team a couple years later. But right. seeing this this version, there is no – all these guys are perimeter-centric, all four of them, PG, Kawhi, Russ, and Harden all made their living and killing off the perimeter. And they had the ball in their hands primarily for pretty much all their careers. Maybe with the exception of Kawhi, because that was probably the last person to get the keys and be like, you're our go-to guy. But still, he made a killing in San Antonio before he got hurt. And obviously in Toronto, he won a championship. Like, he was the guy. James Harden, oh my gosh, pretty much once he got to Houston – it, it was unleashed, right? We saw yep. the best version of James Harden, 30-point triple-doubles, 60-point triple-doubles. The guy was awesome. Same thing for Russell Westbrook. Unleashed. Got to do his thing once Once KD and Russell were gone.
0: Paul George gone. had his top three season in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma City. Went
1: off. And that was – I think most guys are accustomed to I could play with one other star. And maybe, maybe three, three of them. Maybe three men. Three?
0: Yeah, uh-huh.
1: But four perimeter-centric
0: stars – it's, it's, it's hard. And obviously, on paper, you look at a team like that and you think of it, and it's like, oh, my God, like, Westbrook, Harden, Paul George, Kawhi. Yeah, like, sign me up, right? But then you look at the little details here, and it's like, oh, Harden, 34. Westbrook, thirty four thirty five, Paul George and Kawhi are still, you know, younger than that. but And Ty Lue said it. It's hard. It's hard telling four different play, four star players to change their play styles. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something, Tyloo. Something someone's got it. I was like, to make this work, like genuinely though, like we're laughing, but like if they genuinely want to make this work, they can't, They can't keep playing the, the way that they are. Someone needs to make a sacrifice. Westbrook already did by going to the bench, and that clearly hasn't fixed no. much. Something else needs to happen. What that is, no clue, no idea. Um, but I'm really am in the camp that the Clippers really did just like blow up their chances to win a championship because before this trade, they were a favorite to win a championship. They had a complete roster. They had everything that they, and also Kawhi and Paul George, I think I, I read this like two days ago, three days ago, unless it's changed the last few days, they've both played every game this season. Yep. So if you told me this, A few years ago, or before this year started, that Kawhi and Paul George played every game this season, and the Clippers still aren't in the play. They're a playing team right now, and they're half a game ahead of the 11th seed. I would think that you're crazy. But then I look at the roster with James Harden and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, I get it. You know what I mean? They really fucked up, dude. They really fucked up. I mean,
1: I agree. I agree.
0: (sighs) And it's and also like Harden's on a contract. All these other guys are like on long, long term deals. This like the Clippers could Where's go that? back to being in mediocrity in a year. Yeah. They could go back to being at the bottom of the West. Crop. They just announced they're building a whole new arena. They're moving and everything, and now they're gonna. They might lose all their stars. Terrible, terrible. Hey, hey I, I called this. I called
1: this. Whenever this the trade went down and all that, we both agreed this was a bad trade. We both yeah. didn't really see the way that it was gonna work. And the only optimism I had for him is that maybe it gels way down the road. But if it doesn't, I said, if they don't get to the Western Conference Finals or if they don't get to an NBA Finals, this team is going to be broken up like a puzzle that you completed after you took three hours to build it. And that's exactly <laughs> what's going to happen with these guys.
0: Well, it's like it's been a five-year thing with Paul George and Kawhi, and you finally get to the point where we can do it, and then you bring in fucking James Harden. And it's like, why? What? I would be so frustrated if I was a Clippers fan, genuinely. So it's okay. like I've been patient for years, and then we finally get there. We finally get something that works, and then you bring in this guy. I'm and sure. uh, That's the problem. You, know, you said it. Like after this year, if nothing happens, they're breaking up. I, I still think James Harden's playing in China next year. I, I'm, I'm sticking with it. Yeah. I'm yeah. sticking with it. I'm sticking with it, dude. I don't think an NBA team's gonna want him. I think he's gonna get a bag in China. That's why. That's why I think he's going. But it's it's crazy, dude. They, I, I don't know. I, don't, I I wish I had a suggestion of how I think that they could resolve this. My suggestion is cutting James Harden, but you can't do that. So if you can't do that, then I then I don't. I'm out of ideas. Man. I'm out of ideas, man. I yeah. am.
1: I, I know how you feel about James Harden. It's been abundantly made clear by you that he is the problem. He's the cancer. He, oh, he is. Why the Clippers are sucking. There I, was no I, problem before
0: he came in. They
1: were fine. I, they were okay. I can't even blame James. I'm going to blame management for thinking that they needed this to happen. For needing the... It's like, it's like an addiction, right? Like, man, I don't mean to bring narcotics up on here, but, you know, like... <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a druggie on the corner, man. He's asking for ten dollars, and you give it to him, knowing what he's probably gonna go do with it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. GMs just have this addiction to wanting star players, and even when it's
0: overkill, because that you know I'm a Laker fan. That overkill, that's a good, that's a good way of putting it. Overkill for sure. For sure.
1: I mean, it's the same. Like you know, the Lakers do it every year. We we have the GP team that I mentioned, but there's also the Steve Nash, Dwight Howard, and Kobe project, which probably lasted all of 16 games. Like it's, yeah. you just want to keep, especially LA and New York teams. It's like man, it's
0: yeah. provocative. It just they love it. People they're, going, like we got to keep moving. They're on. addicted to. They're addicted to it. They love it. I can't.
1: I can't even fathom out like how. Like I yeah. said, I don't know how Clippers fans feel.
0: I mean, I would be pissed yeah. at management too. I would be pissed at management. So it's again, it's like why there was no set, there was no. Re- you did not need James Harden. No. <laughs> you you didn't need James Harden. You you had also not for nothing, you had the the Sixers right where you wanted them, and you still somehow gave them like a good return when you literally could have given them scraps for James Harden at that point because that was an unresolved that issue was going to get unresolved. They'd have to even touch that they didn't have to go anywhere near it, but they did and they gave the sixers what they wanted and now the clippers are the dumbasses it looks like so not the sixers the sixers actually look smart they actually look like they they got out i didn't think that they would come out of this on the other side where grass is greener man that grass is beautiful freshly cut the smell of fresh grass man Uh, sixers man good for you guys you guys won
1: we talked we talked about it like when before the trade even went down we said we said once they trade him away, once they get some type of return, it's addition by subtraction. Yes, they exactly. got rid of the biggest name. They got rid of a guy that averaged twenty and ten. Hell, he he could have probably been an all star if he stayed in Philadelphia this year. Again, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he became I can't even call him a cancer, but you got rid of a distraction that just wasn't necessary. For a team that is trying to go out there and compete for
0: a championship, and now they're more of a team than they ever were. I get. Harden had twenty ten. He led the league in assists last year, but that's also because the ball's in his hands all the fucking time because he says he's the system, which is a red flag number one. Um, yeah, now that the ball isn't stuck on a, in a black hole like James Harden, you can move the ball around. You're seeing Tyrese. you can seeing Tyrese Maxi, not Tyrese Halliburton, the other Tyrese Maxi. In the East, he's fucking putting up crazy numbers. He's going to be an All Star. He could be All NBA this year. Embiid is still having an MVP type season. They clearly don't need Harden. They never. Guys,
1: yeah, uh, ladies, and gentlemen, everybody listening, watching on YouTube or listening on any audio platform, Dante does not
0: fuck with James Harden. No, I don't. I <laughs> I will be the first one to tell you. I've for years. I've been a. I have been a notorious James Harden non-believe. I don't want to say hater. You could, but I'd say non believer. And I, I just see through. I see through the bullshit. I, I, I see it. I've seen it for a long time, and I know it's fake. It's it's all bullshit with that guy. He's going to be in China next year, so we don't have to talk about it anymore. But let's, what, before we, <laughs> this is the last topic. Let's, no let's talk about this. The, and this is the one time, all right, I just went on that tangent. This is the one time that I actually will be on the side of James Harden. So news came out, not news. Harden did an interview talking again about Daryl Murray and the Sixers and kind of asking what actually went down. And basically, he said that he was promised a max contract and it wasn't given to him, and that's why everything went sour, everything went south, and that is why he is carrying the Clippers out in the West. Um,
1: <laughs> so
0: with this uh, with this coming out and stuff, like, one, one, did you think that this was, like, I think – in the back of my head, I was like, I feel like money is really, like, the center of all this. It's not oh, about, yeah. like, loyal, nothing like that. It's really just about money. Um, did you think that this was, like, the main reason why? And, you know, are you – just what are your thoughts on it, I guess?
1: Yeah, I mean, overall, like, I mean, we were right. You remember we, we kind of assumed that over the summer when this was going down, we assumed that it had to be something where he was promised something by Daryl Morey. What else could Daryl Morey promise the man that he was want? money. Yeah. At this point in his career, being 34, 35 years old, my last long term deal to make sure that my financial freedom is promised to make sure that I I get my 30 plus million dollars a year. I just averaged 20 and 10. You said I was playing well all season, whatever the conversation might have looked like during the season last year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm sure like we both knew it had to be something tied to a max deal. Now. Right. Before you even go, before before you slay him any further. <laughs>
0: okay. I know. I don't know I'm pretty tired. I'm pretty out of breath. I don't know if I can do it anymore.
1: I knew that Harden, we all know that Harden was not worth $35 million plus Correct. for multiple years. Yes. But he was an important piece of your team, especially during the regular season, giving you 20 and 10 being, I think he led the league in assists last year. Yep. So having all these accolades, doing what he did for your team, I guess we could say Harden could have deserved some type of payday where it would have made sense, but sure. you fabricated on your word. So with yeah, you, you can't. No, like I, I don't once care. You break
0: your, once you break your word and that trust, then it's yeah, it's, every, it's out the window. You, all you're great. throwing it out the window. You can't. You can't resolve it. Um, and that, I understand. Like I, I get why Harden. You know, they get upset. You yeah. know why it went down. I I get it. That's justifiable. do um, you sure. deserve the money? All right, we're not talking about we're not talking about desserts. Yeah, you said it. You said it. You you said it already. Right, but um, all right, that's all we have for James Harden. That's all we have for topics. Really, do you have anything else you want to add? Anything that we may have missed? Um, we may have missed this episode.
1: I I don't think so. I think for now, for now, we're pretty we're we're covered for NBA. You know, it's still a slow grind anyway. Shout out to the Timberwolves for you know still being the top dogs. You know, right now out west doing their thing, but. Yeah, I think I think we're kind of good. Oh, what well, we did miss is Warriors, the Warriors, and how disappointed I am. Uh, the
0: yeah. We, talk we, to we, us. Uh,
1: we can, we can talk more about that next week. Just so it's a lot. It's a lot going on in Golden State that I that I think we need to be hitting the panic button. Like on a scale hey, one yeah. to ten, you need to be pushing that eight or nine.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're the eleventh seed right now. <laughs> they're not sitting pretty right now. They, they have had a lot of guys uh, that have been underwhelming this year. Um, Clay Thompson has not looked like Clay Thompson. Andrew Wiggins does not look like Andrew Wiggins. Um Steph looks like Steph, but always that's it, it, uh, he, but it seems that he can't do it himself this time. So, yeah, I wonder if they're gonna make any moves. Um, I it sounds crazy, but, I've, you know, I've been seeing some people talk about whether or not they think the Warriors would actually trade Clay Thompson, you know, before like, are they gonna give him a contract? If not. Could they ship him out before he leaves? Before he walks in free agency, they let him walk. Like, is that a possibility? It's. It has that would be a, a shit, It should be a possibility, but that would be a shitty way to end the dynasty. That's for damn sure. I mean, the dynasty is already over. Like, I'm, it's been. It is over, but just like, you know,
1: I'm I'm you, on the side you, of where we could see where they they put so much stock into into the young guys, right? Into mm-hmm. to the new pieces that came in and Wiggins. And even in Jordan,
0: Moses Moody, Moses Moody, Moses Moody, (laughs) Moses Moody,
1: (laughs) Moses Moody, James Wiseman was the top pick that was supposed to carry out the the franchise. That didn't come out. So the replacements that they had just haven't lived up to the hype of where we thought they were going to be. Like Wiggins played well enough against your Boston Celtics in the finals in 2022 to where I just knew this was going to be the guy to replace. Clay Thompson as the best two-way player, taking the uh, the opportunity to guard like a Luca or a Booker or Anthony Edwards or whoever the best the best perimeter scorer, just like Clay did back in the day. But mm-hmm.
0: it, I don't know what fast happened. To yeah, I yeah, don't, fast forward a year and a half. But he is not that player anymore. No, and he's
1: you know he still has athleticism, but he should be a twenty to twenty-five point scorer on this team, but he's not. He,
0: he should. So. Yeah, you would think. Conversation. in yeah. another episode. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how the season plays out in uh, in Golden State, but through twenty games, uh, they are 9-11, so they are not looking too great. Um, but yeah, we'll 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 talk more about them in depth next week. And I think uh, I think that's all we have. I am looking at some accounts; nothing new came out. So I think uh, I think we are in the clear, Jerry. I think we are in the clear for Pau Gasol episode number sixteen, <laughs> the greatest episode in Sitting Courts' had history.
1: Hey man, best one yet, man. The PG episode, the real PG. <laughs> yeah. Yes,
0: sir. And then next episode is going to be the Andrew Bynum episode. I can't wait. Oh, goodie. Let's do
1: it. Let's <laughs> go deeper down. Well, you know, before we go, a parting shot. Just you know, for what's on my mind and what's been on my mind the past couple of days. Florida State not making it in to the to the college football playoff. I just need everybody to realize what primetime Time said is legit.
0: I don't don't really follow this stuff. What what did Primetime say?
1: So what Primetime said is that how are you going to leave out either Alabama or Georgia, especially Alabama, with Nick Saban being this figurehead, the GOAT in college football, that even if you don't follow college football, everybody knows about Alabama and what Nick Saban has meant to that program. Mm -hmm. So to beat the number one team in the nation, do you really think that Alabama wasn't going to make it? As for Texas being in they beat Alabama. So, <laughs> since they won their conference championship game as well, this makes sense to go ahead and put the both of them into this thing. It, hey, Florida State lost their quarterback in Jordan Travis. It didn't make sense. They weren't the same team. The offense looked stagnant. It looked ugly to watch, especially the ACC title game. I yeah. turned it off because the, I didn't even know what I was watching. To be honest <laughs> with you. So, I understand Florida State was undefeated, but, dog, you guys are not fun. And they're, they're playing Georgia in a bowl game, and I imagine—I think Georgia's a fourteen-point uh, favorite. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I don't, I don't really, I don't follow college football too much, but I did see the outrage from some people. Well, hey, next year we're going into that was eighteen playoff oh, format or something like teams. that. Twelve teams. So yeah, I think so. People will. Um, I think w- whatever. You know, people are upset about teams missing the playoffs this year. That next year, they don't have to worry about that anymore because they're going to get eight more teams. So, (laughs) yeah, a big jump. But (laughs) all right, I think that's it for us. Uh, Just like always, please make sure to like, subscribe, check out all the other videos on this platform. Check out our shorts as well for some gamified videos. Like I said last week, moving forward, we're just doing the episode, the podcast stuff for the long form, and then you can still watch the games and stuff. In YouTube shorts. You can also check those out on TikTok as well. Follow us sitting courtside. Uh, if you want to listen to... If you're on YouTube, great. Like I said, like, subscribe. If you're listening to this on a podcast platform, please make sure to follow, five-star rating, all that good stuff. Head over to YouTube, like, subscribe. Check us out everywhere, All right, Just support us on all these platforms. Um, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff. Our socials are on the screen. And I... I, think, I feel like I should have this like written down or something, like a rundown to close the yeah. show or something. I think I hit everything. Yeah, I think that's it. So, yeah, like I said, until next week, the Andrew Bynum episode, the first and last time, we'll probably bring him up. Be on the lookout for that. Shout out to you, Pal Gasol. Shout out, Andrew Bynum. Fuck you, James Harden. We'll see, oh my you, guys. God. see you guys next week.
1: <laughs> Peace out.